It's time for episode 509 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we could talk for hours and hours, but we won't. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined, as always, across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my co-host, my dungeon buddy, because we play Dungeons & Dragons on the internet together. It is the one and only Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well, Dan. I, yes, could talk for hours and hours. I've done it before, but I won't do it again. I'll do it again. (laughs) Sounds like a threat, Micah. It it is. Okay. (laughs) Well, not for this show, because this is the show where we talk about four tech topics with two fantastic guests, and we keep it to just 30 minutes. To my left this week, it is the community manager of Micro.blog and noted guinea pig enthusiast. It's Gene McDonald. Welcome back, Gene. <laughs> I'm glad I'm a noted guinea pig enthusiast, <laughs> yeah. not an obscure, <laughs> no, ranting no, no, guinea no, pig. No, not ex- one of those. <laughs> You're a respectable one. <laughs> the respectable uh to my left it's a respectable tech writer and respectable podcaster uh it is Andre Tomich welcome back well respectable is a strong word Michael. like I'll, you know but i'll take it i'll take it yeah well let's kick it off with a topic about which we can talk for minutes my question for you have you ever purchased an extended warranty on a product? You know, oftentimes either from a company that makes it or from a retailer when you buy it. Have you thought to yourself, I should spend the money and just in case this thing breaks? And sort of a corollary to that is, should warranties be better? <laughs> Gene, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? I have purchased an extended warranty. I mean, everyone gets Apple Care, right? I, I think... Um, Pretty much. That's the one exception to the rule about buying extended warranties that Apple Care has generally got a good reputation. I have it on my Mac. I also have it on my 12-inch iPad Pro, and I have benefited from that, which is good because that iPad Pro is more expensive than my first computer <laughs> or, or many of my computers, to be honest. But everything else, I say all bets are off. I generally do not buy them. I did. I remember I bought a 10-year warranty on a sharper image mm. air purifier like decades ago. And I don't know. It didn't break. So I have no idea if it was worth it or not. That's the fun of warranties. I have not purchased extended warranties per se outside of Apple Care, which kind of counts as an extended warranty, but also kind of counts as insurance. Um, but I am likely to purchase little insurance kind of packages. Uh, I've done it with a number of Amazon purchases and three or four times they've come in handy where something that I had purchased, usually it's an appliance of some sort, uh, broke and sending it in and getting it fixed and everything was all just built in and it was great. Um, and I have even done it through third party means like the insurance that comes, uh, with cellular carriers in the past before I knew more about Apple care and I was able to get an entire replacement for a device that was stolen. Um, so yeah, I, I happily jump on that train, even if it's not necessarily extended warranties. And the last thing I'll say is California does a pretty good job, uh, with protecting consumers with warranties. So I think more states should be like California in really trying to make those warranties what they should be. So yes, they should be better. Uh, Anjay, what are your thoughts? 
No, I, I don't like to buy those. I don't know. When you, you're mentioning California has it better, and I just remember how the you know VAT taxes work in the states. So I imagine I don't know if you're, you're from Idaho, you just don't get warranties because that's how America works. <laughs> I just I, 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 I don't want to be mean, but like the, the weird loops that you guys have to kind of navigate to just buy something is kind of weird sometimes. So I don't know if like my answer is going to be within that context because I think in Europe some of this stuff is kind of better but but we did buy one of those insurance things when we bought our fridge and because we made the mistake of going fridge shopping with our then one-year-old daughter which was a big 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 mistake just two sleep deprived people <laughs> with a baby <laughs> in the store and the way it worked, like we finally settled on a fridge and I had, like, I took um, my daughter and kind of, cause she was cranky and I kind of walked around the store and my girlfriend was alone with the salesperson. And by the time I got back, we all, we have already decided, <laughs> mutually decided to pay for the uh, extended warranty slash insurance thing. And that's still like everything. And we have a great fridge. It's been working now. So my daughter's five now for four years now. Nothing wrong with it. I think even the, the extended stuff has kind of gone by. And I, 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 when I do pull that card out from time to time, just saying, do you remember when we spent like X amount of money on the <laughs> thing we're never going to use because we, we bought a German fridge that's going to last forever? And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, I don't buy the extended warranties usually. Um, I don't think I bought them on any of my appliances when we redid our house. Uh, I didn't get them in my car. I have paid for Apple Care occasionally, but mostly I don't even pay for Apple Care because it's just, um, you know, it's included with the phone I have on the iPhone upgrade program. But beyond that, I just try to be careful with my stuff. And if it breaks, it breaks. But I do think, like Micah's point about California being better about this, I do feel like there should be, uh, it should be something more than a year. I mean, Come on, these things are yeah, supposed to year, last. That's ridiculous. Like, I can buy, I can buy shoes with like, on, like lifetime guarantees, <laughs> or like, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they exist. Socks. It's, it's, I've got it's socks that have lifetime guarantees, right? But it's yeah. all the cheap stuff, right? Where it's like cheap for them to replace it, and I feel like, yeah, but the, I invested more time in this. I, I invested in a thing that is supposed to last me three, five, seven years. Uh, it should be good for that period of time. Nope, that's not how it yeah, works. Yeah, I hear in Idaho, you pay the company after a year, <laughs> even if it works. Like they, start taking, they start taking body parts after a while. It's, uh, it's messy. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Jean. Well, it's summertime, which always brings me back to memories of pounding the pavement to get that summer job when I was a teenager. And it brought me to this question, which was, what was your first job? And uh, what are the skills that you learned then that you still use now, tech or otherwise? I love this question. So um, back in high school, I ended up working for uh, a friend of mine's family. They owned an industrial sewing shop. Uh, so mm. that that basically meant they worked on like vinyl products and uh, big things, boat covers, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and so you had these huge jukey sewing machines. Um, and 
I basically learned how to use a sewing machine while I was there, as well as, you know, some other kind of just understanding how a, a piece comes together uh, to, to shape it and to, uh, you know, add little ridges on it and protective areas and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, really, honestly, ended up being kind of a really fun gig um, and did uh, teach me how to use a sewing machine, how to fix a bobbin whenever uh, the thread seems to fall out and all sorts of stuff involved with that. So yeah, I, I'm very thankful uh, for having had that job. Uh, Anjay, what about you? Uh, so my, the company my mom worked for, like the boss kind of gave a, a stipend, I think that's the word, like an allowance to, to all the kids of the employees. And then during the summer, you were supposed to kind of work that off. So my, like my first job job was high school as well. And it was like in a, in an office and it was pretty terrible because it's, I was like 16 working in an office in August where it's like, mm. again, in Europe, not much happens in August in offices, uh, cause we have vacations and stuff. Anyway, uh, so it, it was really, it, it kind, that kind of burned in my mind what office work actually is. And from that time, I have been trying to avoid actual office work as my job. That's why I podcast. That's why I write. I work in the radio, just anything to kind of not do an office job for eight hours, if that makes sense. So <laughs> did I learn anything? I learned that. I learned I did not want to work in an office for eight hours. <laughs> I think my first job, I'm trying to think back, my first paid job was working at the law school library at Harvard, where my dad worked. Um, and I worked in the preservation department as a 15 year old or something. And essentially my job was they would rebind books and they would come in and we had to, we labeled, like put the, like, um, you know, the LC code labels on them so that, you know, you could catalog them and we put in, um, like data entry. And then we also had to put in the security strips. So I know where all the security strips are in books. (laughs) Uh, so that's, I guess, useful. Um, and we're working on these terrible old, old terminals, but I think I figured out, I was super obsessed at the time with these, uh, text-based online games. And I think I figured out how on my lunch break I could log in. I had to like, it's like circumventing stuff on this computer that was clearly not designed to, uh, you know, connect to the outside world or something. I don't remember how I did it. Maybe I'm in a modem or something like that. Um, so I guess there's that, which is learning how to circumvent basically any computer I was ever given for a job. (laughs) So I could still use it to do the stuff I wanted to do. Um, later on, there was definitely, I had a job late in high school, uh, my senior year where I worked at actually a local company that made web pages and most of that job was fairly boring. It involved calling, I had to call casinos and get lists of their amenities because this company I worked for maintained like this huge online directory of casinos. This is circa 1997 or 8. Um, and uh, I had to pretend I was 21 if they ever asked. Uh, and I had to <laughs> fill out this database with it. But one of my other jobs was taking like formatting this newsletter or something into HTML, which is where... I basically, if not learned all my HTML skills, like kind of honed all my HTML skills. And I still use HTML stuff to this day. So uh, I guess I got something out of that one. But that first job in the library, I think I just learned how to zone out for like eight hours and not really think of, and think about other stuff while I was doing this very rote, rote work. Gene, why don't you wrap us up? My first job was a 
check out girl at Winn-Dixie uh, grocery store uh-huh. chain in the South. I had to go to a week of cashier school at night mm. to learn how to use the terminal. They were like new and I had to enter in the prices of things on a 10 keypad, which, uh, I, so I learned how to touch type or whatever, touch enter numbers on a keypad. And, um, of course this was before barcodes were scanned the way they are now. And what a boring job it seems to me compared to like trying to see how fast you could enter the prices of the groceries as you slid them by your, you know, on that little, um, conveyor belt and eventually you know and inevitably one of our local this is in miami beach uh florida the retirees were most of our customers and they'd be like uh honey honey (laughs) you're going too fast (laughs) i can't see what you're ringing up so um i i guess i was good and fast and of course to this day i can still touch enter numbers on a 10 key keypad if i had one i would use it (laughs) (laughs) all right well that is two topics down two topics to go which of course means it is halftime here at clockwise and this week's episode is brought to you by factor now that it's summer you might be looking for wholesome convenient meals for sunny active days factor is america's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and it can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door you'll save time eat well and stay on track reaching your goals With Factor, you can skip the trip to the grocery store. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, which is much faster than restaurant delivery, and you can elevate eating at home with their new upscale surf and turf options like roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp. Mm. Factor offers more than 34 delicious weekly options to fit a variety of lifestyles, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus. And because they're prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has everything you need. Plus, you can select from more than 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. You can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice because Factor offsets 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, along with sourcing renewable energy and featuring sustainably sourced seafood food uh got sent some factor meals um and honestly it's pretty great i mean the thing for me is i work at home and so every day either i get stuck into this like i'm gonna have basically the same thing because it's easy to make or i can have something that's remarkably good and easy and fast and i can get back to doing whatever it is i'm doing all day so factor provides a lot of great meals uh that i found really good i'm trying to remember it's been a couple weeks since i had mine so i feel like there was a chicken dish that was really good um and with some rice and some veggies in it um and there were a couple other good ones that we had that were sort of like asian inspired like tofu stir fry dishes and stuff like that and it's stuff that i'm not going to make myself uh because you know i i'm lazy on my lunch hour it's true but if I can heat one up and have something that's better than the um, salad that I would just sort of throw together otherwise, that's a win in my book. This June, get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash clockwise50 and use code clockwise50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off your first box. That's code clockwise50 at factormeals.com slash clockwise50 to get 50% off your first box. Our thanks to Factor for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. And with that, halftime is over, and I will turn things over to Micah. Yeah, my question for you, how often do you read, and more importantly, heed online reviews, and then how do you choose which to heed and which to ignore? Anjay? 
the thing the thing I do heed, Micah, if you're asking, uh, is just the, like the number of reviews. Like that's pretty, that's a good signal, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Like the actual sort of the stuff that the reviews say. Like maybe on my Amazon, I'll maybe read a couple, but like any other site, it's just it's it's pointless basically because it's 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 gotten so. I think the the whole system kind of got hacked. You know, like I Google basically is worthless almost if you don't know mm-hmm. exactly what to type into it. I think. That's what happened. Like the 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 game's been rigged for a while with the reviews. So I'm just I basically try to ignore most of them. And and I I don't know. I've, I, my tech purchases are pretty okay. I think I have a f- great fridge. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I it comes down to two categories for me. One is things that I'm going to buy. Uh, in which case, it's usually based more on recommendations from other people, like people I know, as opposed to reading reviews. I also have the separate categories, things I know I will never buy. And yet I read the reviews of um, because I'm interested, <laughs> right? Like there's things where it's like, I'm just keeping up with work for, so like this week, a bunch of people were reviewing the new foldable Google phone. I was like, I'm read some reviews of that. Never going to buy it, but I am super curious to know what people think about it. Similarly, I've gotten really into reading reviews for um, e-bikes, uh, possibly because I will buy an e-bike at some point, but more than, mainly because like, I know I'm not going to buy one right now. And I'm just curious to know all the different reviews that I see coming out, like reading about different models so there's there's definitely cases where i read it more as like an entertainment value than a like here's what i'm going to pay attention to when i buy something um but yeah like Andre, i've been reviewing tech for so long that you can kind of read between the lines on a lot of these things and figure out sort of based on your own knowledge whether or not something's worth getting gene what about you i think one of the areas where it's really interesting too and i've learned is uh, where to ignore things is travel related review stuff like I used to <laughs> review uh I used to review every hotel I stayed in on a certain big travel mm-hmm. review site and then I read how you know how bad they were at you know keeping the reviews real and I thought I'm not contributing to them anymore that's just uh stupid so but I still read the reviews but I'm going to say on hotels I basically dismiss every negative review unless it's (laughs) because there's nothing. I know how it feels when something doesn't go right on a, on a a vacation moment. And all you have, you know, at that moment is the only thing you can do is like vent to Mm -hmm. a travel website. And, you know, I used to be like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't stay there. I thought it was just okay, you know, but maybe I need to go to a more expensive place. So that doesn't happen. Well, we know it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the price of the hotel. Sometimes things just go wrong. And hey, that's life. Buck up and just deal. <laughs> the reason why I wanted to ask this question is because I'm trying to figure out if this is a separation between techie people and non-techie people. Because it just for me, I don't I, I do the same thing as Anjay in terms of looking at things that have if it's got a bunch of reviews on it, I feel more comfortable because it's been around for a while as long as the reviews or as long as the star rating isn't like one. Um and then I will occasionally, like Gene, read a couple of the positive reviews or the more neutral reviews while ignoring the negative ones. Um, But I think that there's not a whole lot of impact in leaving a negative review because I felt that 
you know, like me, people don't really pay attention to that. But I don't think that's true. I think that uh, people outside <laughs> of tech or people outside of sort of, um, I don't know, our kind of way of tinkering and, and, and digging in and researching um, do pay attention to that stuff. And so those negative reviews can have impact. So yeah, it was just, I just was curious how everybody else kind of interacted with that. And uh, if I was, if I was alone or together, and it sounds like um, we're, we're all very alike in our reviewing and review reading. Um, all right. Thank you for your answers on that. Let us move to our next topic, which comes from Andre. All right, so I'm new to the Mac. I bought a Mac Mini M2 Pro, and I've been really enjoying it, honestly. Like, I've used Macs before, but this is like my first, my, my own Mac, basically. But, okay, so there's the dock, there's mission control. I wrote all of this down. There's spaces, which are called desktops, I think, in the UI, or I'm missing yeah. something. There's stage manager, which I'm afraid to, to turn on because I've heard weird things about it. There's hot corners, which I like. I've set those up, right? But like, my question is, how do you like manage with... I know this could be long answer, so like try and keep it short, but I'm trying to kind of get some context because I've been a little lost coming over from Windows, which has a pretty great sort of windowing, moving Windows around system. And the Mac so far has about seven of them. Which do you use? (laughs) (laughs) I use some, but not all of them. And I think this is part of it is like, there are things that you can just kind of ignore if you don't want them. And that's fine. I I rely on um, mission control. Um, I like it a lot, mainly because I like seeing all my windows um, and I use the trackpad. So it's really easy to do the gesture where you like swipe up and it's like, oh, there's all my windows. That's the window I was looking for because it was hiding behind another window. Great. Um, I do Uh use spaces, but only for specific. I tend to like sort of create and destroy them for specific tasks. Like right now we're recording clockwise. I have a clockwise space that has just the apps that I need for clockwise. Zoom, Audio Hijack, uh, the Relay Discord, etc. And that's really handy. Keeps me from getting distracted um i don't i mean the dock is there to like you know launch applications for me mainly and then occasionally switch back and forth but like i don't use it for window management i don't touch stage manager don't like it on the mac not for me um i do use hot corners but only really for putting the display to sleep um i think that covers most of it but yeah i don't know i i think it's just embracing a different philosophy um from from windows they just don't they have a different style of doing things so i've also been using a mac for uh 30 years so you know stuff has come and gone in that period and you just kind of get used to what you got gene what about you uh i just don't use any of these things <laughs> don't even have windows, I love I no windows. hot corners the first time i i triggered one when it was on by default back in the day i was like ah how do i turn this off <laughs> i'll tell you one thing i use uh that is not exactly you know window organization thing but uh I know that Windows users like it because uh, back in the olden days when I worked at Smile, we created a a bundle with some other developers for Windows to Mac switchers, a switchers bundle. And one of the tools in it I still use today, and that's a thing called Witch by Many Tricks, mm-hmm. which uh, lets you um, cycle between Windows in an app, which I think you can do natively on Windows. I don't know, so I haven't used it in forever, but... So instead of, you know, command tabbing through applications, I use uh, option tab to switch between the various windows that I should not probably have open in the first place. But uh, so that's a help for I think you might want to check that out. It's a nice utility from our friends. Old school Mac developer, many tricks. 
I have a show, I make a show called Hands on Mac, and I just covered uh, Windows management on the Mac in like a five-part series. So I'm really glad that you brought this up because it's uh, fresh in my mind. (laughs) And so on my small screen, I've got a a 13-inch M2 MacBook Air. On that, I do use spaces um, between either full screen apps or side by side apps, which the name of it is is escaping me at the moment, but essentially where you can have a, a split view, one on the left, one on the right. Um, and then I will just swipe between those different spaces because there's not a lot of screen real estate on that small screen. On this uh, big screen that I have in front of me now, I just have my windows all over the place however I want to. And I do most of that manually, but I also want to uh, point to Brett Terpstra's tool bunch, which can be very helpful in doing window management and app management. You can essentially kind of tell your system to launch uh, certain apps and then say how big the windows should be for each of those apps. So you can have one. I've got one for Clockwise, for example. And so it launches the right apps and puts them in the right place on the screen and has them at a certain size, Mm. very handy. And then afterwards, I can have them all close if I want to. But the last thing I'll say is what was wild to me was when I finally got around to doing the stage manager episode, I may end up using stage manager. I think that uh, a lot of people feel like it's a lot more than it actually is. At least that, that was the case for me and a few other people that I talked to when I was, you know, sort of uh, waxing ecstatic about it, um, where they thought there was just a lot more involved with it. And it's really not too much to think about. It's almost like Instead of a dock on the side of your uh, window, you've just got tiny little windows that show your apps. It's a live view of those different apps. And then you've got your screen that has, you know, whatever apps you want to have on it. So you can almost always see a live preview of what else is going on in, uh, you know, to the left of your your uh, workspace. And then you just have your apps uh, and their windows available to you big. Um, And yeah, I just thought it was so much more than that. And it's really not. That's that's the extent of it, uh, pretty much. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot there. Totally understand why, you know, a lot of times folks feel a little bit overwhelmed um, but it's well worth kind of reading. There's a, a few support articles that talk about how, you know, windows can, when you drag them next to each other, they can kind of snap into place and you can, uh, sort of easily align them and organize them. Yeah. So there are a lot of tiny tips and tricks that are involved there. Uh, Andre, why don't you round us out here? So hot corners are great. That's all I'm going to say. Like it's, uh, that was my, the, when I discovered those, I think in one of the slacks, I just wrote hot corners in capital letters because I was so excited. <laughs> but, but I will say like, I'll agree with Dan because it, it, it is a different philosophy and I'm, I'm actually really enjoying that part of it. Just kind of figuring out how like sort of the underlying ethos of the operating system, just because it's something new, because I've been a Windows user my whole life, right? So I've been really enjoying that. And I do agree with that. But uh, I will say that like, because I have a Mac mini and that's hooked up to two 24 inch displays, that kind of changes things a little. I don't have a trackpad because I don't like them. I'm not really a laptop person. Mm -hmm. So and I do think like a lot like this is sort of an initial thing. I've had the computer for two months, but I think the way Mac OS 
OS is now is very much geared towards uh, like a laptop screen more. I guess it's kind of skewed that way because I think the, the the trackpad is kind of just it's supposed to be that. And I know they ship it with most of the desktop Macs, or you can buy it for another kidney. Probably I don't even want to check. Uh, so, uh, but like, I don't think I think like yeah, I'm not yeah, just I'm not gonna go down that route. But uh, just I think when you use it as a desktop with like uh, split displays the way I do, I think it does kind of great against the the way it's meant in quotes meant to be used. But uh, again, like I am enjoying it. And again, hot corners, amazing, hot corners. amazing. Yeah. Well, that, hashtag hot corners. Okay. <laughs> hot corners. That is for topic stand. We got just enough time for a bonus topic, but I'm going to remind you right now that if you want to wear a fantastic new Clockwise shirt, you can go get one right this very moment. Ooh. Go to clockwise.social/shirt. Mike and I both have our fantastic. We'll be sporting those at various places. I'm sure. Fantastic. Uh, they're available in a variety of colors and sizes and all that good stuff. So go check it out. Clockwise.social/shirt. All right, bonus question. Uh, I got to ask because they've been doing construction work on my street for a year <laughs> on and off. What's your favorite piece of construction equipment? <laughs> I'm going to go with pile driver. Mm, that's a good one. I like it. <laughs> cool. um, I think I'm going to go with a scissor lift because I think they look so goofy. Anjay, what about you? <laughs> I'm going to say like a generator just for the noise because I know what it's like to have construction on the street and sometimes they can't hook up stuff to like the electrical grid and they'll have like a diesel generator mm. running. That's amazing. That's always a good one. Yeah, I'm torn between two, but I'll pick up both really quick. Uh, steamrollers. Gotta love a good steamroller. Mm. Those things are awesome. Uh, and cement mixers. They go to so lay a new sidewalk yeah. on our street and watching them do that with the cement mixer is just fascinating. Love it. Hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we talk about magazines. All right, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests this week. Gene McDonald, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me again. I really enjoy this, and I also love to see or at least here, my pal, Anjay from uh, Lupiana. <laughs> and Anjay Tomich, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, vice versa, Gene, and I'd like to apologize to the people of Idaho. I'm sure your <laughs> warranty situation is not as bad. Uh, and, Micah, we'll be back next week to disparage another state at random. But until then, we remind everybody <laughs> listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the potatoes, you know, from Idaho. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.